Welcome to the Conduit Deeper podcast, a podcast that takes a deep dive into the details that surround our current sermon series. From current events to fascinating finds to conversations that take us deeper into the Word. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Deeper Podcast. My name is Mo, Executive Pastor, joined with our lead pastor, Darren Tyler, and a very special guest this week, Pastor Gerald Lafleur, all the way from Haiti, just to join our podcast. Yes. Uh, good morning, everyone. So wherever you are, good afternoon. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so we're just so glad to be here with you. Say <laughs> in Creole. So my, in Creole, muy bien le pastor blanc, which oui. means my name is Pastor Blanc, Pastor <laughs> Pastor White. Pastor guy. White. <laughs> the, so for the record, this and you can confirm this. Haitians don't find me funny uh, at all. They they don't find me charming. They, but but when I is that a universal? A hundred percent. Like in Uganda, I kill. But in Haiti, they don't really appreciate sarcasm, you know, as much as. Uh, but the, the one time I crushed, like, borderline standing ovation was when I introduced myself as Pastor White Guy, Pastor Blanc. And and I didn't even know it was going to be funny, and it just crushed. Oh, and, yes. and that was 10 years ago, and to this day, that, that's literally when Jean-Marie, hey, Pastor, Pastor yeah, Blanc. You know. uh, and for those that don't know, when you go to Haiti, if you were, and this, by the way, applies if you are not Haitian. It doesn't matter if you're white, matter. black, or brown. No. You're called a Blanc. Blanc. Once blanc. you're from a foreign land, yeah. you're blanc. So, okay, <laughs> this is not part of the podcast, but we used to have a group from Temple Church join every year, medical team. From here in Nashville. Yeah, a historic uh, black college. Yeah. Uh, but the Haitians knew they weren't Haitian. Yes. How did they know? It, it's different. Um, they, they, their demeanor and their move... Okay. Once you look at that, you think, well, okay, these are some blanc, even though they are black. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the tap tap and they're going blah, blah. But I'm realizing they're not talking to me. They're talking to like Griff or something. Yes. I'm like, how did they know? <laughs> they, know they know. They know. They're looking at the people and they see how they dress, how they move. Or, you know, sometimes you don't even want to say, have to say anything. They just look at that and they can judge it. So yeah. Like, well, you you are not one of us. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I was just. I was completely fascinated. By Is that, that how we view an incoming Australian? Do we have that same spidey sense? Do we know they're they're not from here? No, but we like Norwegian, like Europeans. We can tell. We can the, tell the little yeah. gap in the teeth or something. Like there's usually some way you know. But but I don't know Australians. It's, it's <laughs> not until they open their mouth that you know. Like, oh yeah, they're not from here. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. <laughs> well, it's been a few weeks uh, since we've done a podcast, so thank you for holding on uh, through the summer. It's not like we've been not doing anything. Uh, we've been busy, and uh, specifically, uh, Darren and the team has been in Uganda for the past couple weeks. They're back from that and recovered and rested up and. We had a vacation Bible school in the middle of that, and there's been a yeah. lot of a lot of work being done behind the scenes this summer. I realized that in the last three months, I've been on three continents. Yeah, that's impressive. And that I'd never it was thinking, man, why do I? Why am I so daggum tired? And and so, I don't know. So it was actually going over the calendar. I think with Amber anyway. But I was like looking at the calendar, going, oh, that was like three months of like yeah. three continents. And yeah. I'm so getting too old. The goal is to settle in here. Uh, we'll get a good stretch of podcasts and teachings uh, back to our regular schedule. But today, we wanted to have our good friend, uh, Pastor Lafleur, join us and, and really get all of us caught up to what's happening in Haiti. And if you've not been paying attention, and unless you are specifically paying attention, 
no one's going to draw your attention to no. what's happening in Haiti, which is devastating. And we're going to get into yeah. that. We had the privilege of having uh, Gerald Lefleur with us on Sunday um, to, to pray over us, to pray with us. And uh, we wanted to have him around with us today to specifically dive into what is happening there because our friends are there and we have yeah. mission work happening there. Um, some incredible things are actually taking place in the middle of a, a just a horrible situation. And so um, so we wanted to have him here while, yeah. while he's in, in town speak to us about what's happening. Yeah, because what I would love for us to walk away with from this is well, a couple of things. One is why does it even matter? And, you know, for me, it's personal. You know, these are my friends. And don't don't screw with my friends. You yeah. know, we, I, I grew up white trash, man. They, our, our dads like bet money while we boxed each other when I was in third grade. Like we're not, you know, we're not like tough, but we're scrappy. And, you know, I mean, you've got hillbilly roots. Uh, oh, yeah. Mo, so your family. So th there's that reason because I personally care. And then there's also the reason that this is, this does, it, it shouldn't have to be only because it affects us. Like that's a completely a terrible motivation. But I also recognize human nature. And human nature says, what, 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 is it, what does it matter to me? And the, the answer in the United States is it matters a lot. Uh, it matters in the Caribbean, you know? Yes. A lot of our Williamson County, Middle Tennessee people, you guys like yourself a trip to St. Bart's or Antigua, or, you know, but mm -hmm. this matters. Uh, it's an hour and a half flight from our border. Um, and the worse it gets, it, it, it's like if you care about border security in America, you got to care about what's going on in Haiti. True. Because if we just build the wall but we don't build a bridge of support and help, then they're going to do exactly what I would do if I were in that situation. And I'm down to just me and my kids and my wife. We're, we would do anything to protect them, including coming here. So, sure. so with that said, that intro, you were born in Port-au-Prince? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. What year? In 1974. Who was during, the, who during was the time of Baby Duck? Baby Duck, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you're not familiar with Haitian history, Baby Doc was a dictator. N not the best branding for a dictator. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was because it sounds so psychotic, but Baby Doc. Yes. That means there was a father duck. <laughs> yeah, there was a father duck. <laughs> and they were both kind of yes. crazy, right? Yeah, he inherited from his father, yeah. who was the president before, Francois Duvalier. Yeah. And then from there, the son in 1971 was put as the president. So that's why they say baby doc. So it was father doc and baby doc. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and baby doc became a, a cruel dictator. Yeah. Lots of people. We have people that listen to this podcast. Uh, Chris Roman comes to mind. He served in the U.S. military. He was actually in Haiti in, I yes. believe, the 90s or maybe early 2000s. Yes, in or the 90s. 90s. What was it like growing up in that era? Um, it was um, very difficult um, we we thought at that time life was extremely hard for us because um, economically we were always struggling um, because we had to make choices. It's either you're going to be sent to school, you're going to be fed. So different, your parents had to juggle things to know if mm -hmm. they're going to feed you or educate you, which area they will maximize because things was difficult. Um, even though there were a few government schools, but they require some kind of contribution. 
and those contributions, not, not many families could afford them to, to be able to get to get their kids into school and stuff like that. Right. And then, of course, um, you know, the, the relationship with other nations was um, was very limited, too, because the, 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 these dictators, they were kind of hard how people looked at them. Then um, you were kind of fetching life almost on your own. There was not many agencies helping people. So it used to be government agencies you do depending on mm-hmm. for many many things but one thing we even though they had their own way of um i mean affect beating the people or disciplining the people but we felt at the same time security level was a bit better compared to today uh, because there was there was a, a regime there um there was a group of guys who were there like the tonton Makut, to protect the power of the of the duvalier yeah. the regime or also there was there was the haitian army there was the haitian police there was the coast guard so in essence there were more equipped people there to help uh, in terms of the security but um in 1991 that was destroyed of course they only established what is civil Police group, well, similar to the gendarme, gendarmerie out of France, so it's similar. So, but which we feel that is not good enough to establish security mm-hmm. in the nation. That's uh, as of 1991, apart when the regime of Duvalier collapsed in 1986. So, I mean, there was of course uh, different coup d'état, different things that happened in between there that forced them to destroy the Haitian army. And after that, we es- es- security-wise, everything went to the drain. Um, and so I would say it was very hard. It was tough. But some people actually enjoyed that little bit of safety, according to them, even though life yeah. was hard during that time. Because now the problem is without So it's like you're picking your poison is what we call it in America. Yes. I'm going to die one way or the other. So which poison do I choose? The poison that is happening now in Haiti is there is no central functioning government. At least nothing. They're, they're impotent at best. They're impotent. Castrated. Yes. The president was assassinated two years ago? Yes. But the problem didn't start with the assassination uh, of Moise. It was, I remember the year leading up to that, or maybe the year before that, was that when the school, like literally schools had been shut down for almost yes, the whole year the because year of protests? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So this is pre-COVID. Yes. Um, so, you know, things are just getting back to normal. And then, you know, Dr. You know, Fauci gets on the news and says, everybody's got to shut down your schools again. So Haiti's already lost a year of education. Now they're yes. going to try to catch them on another year of it. But the, the, so the assassination of the president was 2021? Yes. Okay. July? July. Okay. July. 7th of July. Yeah. And he was not exactly a popular guy. No. Because the guy he inherited power from was not either a popular guy. That was a guy imposed on us yeah. by outsiders. So he was actually Haitian American. Yeah. When you say outsiders, who do you mean? Uh, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, Haitian American. Oh, Haitian. Uh, he had he had a, a, a U.S. passport. Okay. Even though he has Haitian pa- he had Haitian passport. So in the constitution of Haiti, no person that has a you know a passport should run for these top offices. Ah, um, so if you have a U.S. passport, you cannot run. For- you cannot run. So they are fighting to change that law, but they never get to around to do it. So, and that was so sh- a bit of shocker to everyone yeah. to see a man who actually has a U.S. passport, and um, not only that, a man who was not—he was popular, of course, in terms of people who love rivalry, who love dancing, music, because he was a singer. And now to see this man be, become yeah. a, um, a, a national president of Haiti, yeah. that was, um, I mean, unheard of, unexpected. Yeah. And he was facing with the top 
one of the brightest women in Haiti, which is Milad Maniga, and he was declared the winner. So there were many things that happened to get him there. So and we felt he was a, an, an imposed presidential candidate on, the, on, yeah. on Haiti. Um, so he was not popular either. So Jovenel, Jovenel Moise inherited the power from him yeah. um, who was not popular either. So it was, and from there, it was unpopular, unpopular uh, up just to a, today. Yeah, a it just get worse. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you know this, Mo. So Martelli. Martelli? Has, yes, Martelli. Was like, so there's something happening fascinating in the world, which is the amount of presidents that are getting elected that are former entertainers. Yes. Like Zelensky, you know, a comedian. Right. You know, I thought of that when, when he said that. Yeah. Is, with the with the Haiti passport and it, as an entertainer, is this something that, I don't know, mm. is this something that he was placed in there? Is this a, is this a U.S.? driven well, placement of Very power. simple to see it. He had a U.S. passport yeah. and he, he was backed by the U.S. government okay, at that time. Okay, that's what I was getting at. <laughs> and they get the top, the top uh, um, what, they, what they call campaign strategist yeah. who campaigned for this ex-president of Mexico yeah. to campaign for him. There was no way that he could have hired such a man unless he had these big, big powerful people behind him. Yeah. So, yeah. It's fascinating to me how bad of a history the United States government has of who we put our uh, support behind. Uh, there's a book called Confessions of an Economic Hitman. Highly recommended. Um, and this guy, former CIA, he talks about what the U.S. government did, Panama, Central America, Colombia. He, it was written before much of what was happening in Haiti, but he does touch on that as well. And when you look at even now, like the Biden administration putting their support behind the current. And, and the, the, am, I remember, am I remembering right that he was appointed as prime minister for like for like a day or something like that? He was before, not. Before Jovell got killed. Yeah. Like he had literally like he it was like his second day at work or something. And now he's the president of Haiti suddenly. Like the yeah, president. He's in a, charge. And so he was already not popular because he was appointed by somebody not popular and he'd been on the job for like a day. I'm trying to think of like... No, the, as a matter of fact, he was not even... He was about to be put on the job the day right. before. So, so he wasn't even in yeah, yet. Not in yet. Yeah. He hadn't even got his, his, his entrance no. interview done yet. And now he's you know, literally, it's like Ferris Bueller's day off. Like he's, yeah. you know. Because that was the wish of the president that appointed him prior to his assassination. Yeah. So therefore they felt obligated to put him. Yeah. So because that was the last thing he had said, okay, so and so, I appointed him as the next prime minister. So there, because that time, no parliament, uh, parliament already destroyed. So because under the law of Haiti, for you to be appointed as the prime minister, the parliament must vote you in, even though you are nominated, yeah. but the parliamentarians must vote you in. So he didn't have to go through any such because the, by that time, no parliament in existence. Yeah. So he would by, dec by decree. So, and right now he's still ruling by decree. Yeah. He's so a dictator. That's why they can do anything Moise? they want. Uh, Henry ha, ha, Ariel, Hang, Ariel, Ariel Henry. Henry Ariel Henry the one yeah. before he's the guy current guy the current, current guy, guy. The, yeah. the current guy which is I mean 
it's just total anarchy down there. So he's not really ruling anything. And that's the point. Because you see, you have no, no, nothing, no official thing functioning properly yeah. in terms of no, um, the parliamentarians were the lower chamber and upper chamber. None of them in existence. The mayors, they are what temporary guys who were there elected during the juvenile time and finished their mandate. Nobody get them out. They, they were appointed again uh, according to a decree from government. So it's just, it's just in terms of when it comes to order, in terms of political, governmental order, there's no such thing at all. But if yeah. jo- Jov- Jovenel? Yeah. Moise is the guy that was assassinated. Yes. Moise. Jovenel Moise. Yes. Assassinated by whom? Internal forces? External forces? Has that been... Um, oh, this will be fun. It's I mean, a because that, Yes, because that, that, uh, I think that informs us to what is happening down there as, as for a potential vacuum of, of leadership there's outside potentially outside forces or inside forces would give us a glimpse into i think what's really going on down there it's it's both um it's it's outside forces team up with inside forces they get together because there were of course colombian involved there was haitians involved there was and it is even alleged a lot of these people also some of the brand uh u.s brand in terms of some of the guys who are operating even though they may be haitians but they also carry u.s passports passports because a lot of those money people powerful people in haiti they are also american citizens or canadian citizens or french citizens so and a lot of them either have a mention here in the u.s they have their own big whatever happening for they're good here in the US. So it's a whole mixture and that's why it's so difficult to pin it down for justice for juvenile and justice for Haiti because really it's so many pieces you don't know where to tackle and where to handle it. Yeah. And that's why it's, it's difficult right now. April or May of 2023, so just a couple months ago, there were leaked documents that came out that the Wagner Group, which is a Russian mercenary group, is, yes, has been in Haiti kicking the tires. Have you any insight into what's going on with that? Um, they, they, they kind of. At first, it it came out and whoosh, all of a sudden it just folded back. Yeah. <laughs> so because Haiti folded uh, back, yeah. meaning uh, we call that being censored in America. Yes. yes yeah. You know. So they 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 don't really want to kind of keep fueling things like that because they know how how fight will go. Uh-huh. So therefore they're kind of trying to keep it quiet, keep things quiet. But even the guys who are leading so, so-called political leaders right now on the ground, they pin them down too. Then some of their these informations came out and mentioned them too. So they part of the brain, they part of the of the the whole discussion that lead to the assassination of the of, of, of the president. So and, and they say because sometimes you cannot get killed. Um, if and I would say they just come and do it on their own, people will know. But when you when they when they use people within your own system, it's easier of course, um, yeah. to get to you, but also much more difficult to be revealed because yeah. you you have people within your own house. Yeah, to cover that, up. Yeah, that's part ways. of it. I mean, because the theory one, there was a couple theories. Obviously, in a couple months ago, this Russian mercenary. Wagner Group, which are all over East Africa, West Africa, mm-hmm. Asia. Arab, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ukraine. If, if, yeah. Ukraine. If you want to do a Google search or no, I mean, maybe not even Google Wagner Group, there's plenty going on with that particular group. Also rumored that there was a Chinese involvement as well into this assassination, possibly the idea being China and or Russia or maybe together 
strategically using Haiti as a entryway into establishing dominance and or position into America. I mean, if I don't know how many of our listeners actually know where Haiti is, mm-hmm. but we're maybe assuming. It's a Caribbean island. Yeah. It's yeah. the Dominican Republic. You know? Right outside of Cuba. Um, maybe five hours on a boat to America. I don't know. It's an hour flight, hour and, f- yeah, hour and yeah. 30 Miami. Hour and 30 wheels minutes. up to wheels down yeah. is an hour and a half. So it's, it's a, it's it's a like strategic f- location yeah. for an adversary um, to, to gain influence and or access into America. Yeah, a foothold into the West. Yeah. And when you go back to the Cuban Missile Crisis in the That's 60s, right. like that was... And if you're Russia, this is the logical situation. I mean, it's logical. They, because of Europe, the U.S. has plenty of military presence very close to their borders. Yep. And we have been far, far away from their borders. And so that was the where the Cuban Missile Crisis was born. And now... With the thing that I think the main difference between the ninety or the sixties and now is the difference between an economic invasion and a military invasion, and that's what seems to be happening. Oh, it's happening for sure in it's East Africa. Yeah, yeah. Which is what I was going to ask. Like, do you foresee in the economic invasion? Do you see what China has done to East Africa in terms of you know Kenya, Uganda specifically? you know, buying in their way in, 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 in essence, to create infrastructure and jobs and, and pouring in money. Do you see that happening potentially in Haiti? It is not yet happening yeah. because um, over the years, Haiti has always been closer to Taiwan. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. Um, and so, so the, the China has been lurking around. Um, because China, of course, you know, they bought a big part of the Dominican Republic. Yeah. And so so, so they, they were never been able to penetrate Haiti as they should, even if the economics, um, you know. But slowly they start getting some stores in Haiti, but it's not much compared to what's happening to the Dominican Republic. And so as they bought a whole section in the DR. Um, and so so now uh, Taiwan has been the, 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 the friend for of Haiti, because you know the Caribbean islands, a lot of them, some of them backing up China, and some of them backing up Taiwan, as well yeah. as and in terms of the economics, um, and so and what is what. Now, um, the Jovenel Moise campaign on a twenty-four-seven electricity going to be given 24 hours, yeah. seven days a week, 24 hours, whatever. But that was a pledge he made out of because he got a support that was going to be from Taiwan. So wow. when he came out of Taiwan and after that big meeting with those Taiwanese, so he had that thing and well, which started, um, people felt, okay, that was going to be great because that's a big thing for us in Haiti because you in the 21st century and the place still dark when it comes to electricity. Yeah. Like to put that in perspective, when you go to Haiti, the electricity turns off somewhere around five in the morning and it turns back on sometime after sunset. Now, no more. Now, no more. Not, not at all. Right now, it's not at all except on the palace line. If you in the palace wow. line, like in Chandmas, those areas in Port-au-Prince, you can be, be um, I mean, it can be good to you that you are on that line. Then you get a little bit of power. But uh, like Jack Mel is no more. So there's no electricity, no electricity service at all. No electricity service. Even though Jovenel started a lot of these um, electrical 
transplant yeah. um, out of support from Taiwan, but they all stuck Haiti. That's one of the, our weaknesses. You, they, they never have um, continuity. So a government that started something and the other one come, they just don't, wow. don't pursue it because they would have to go back to the drawing board to renegotiate on many things, many deals. So that never happened. So right now, Haiti, power is everybody has to try to buy their own little solar energy. You have to f- buy your own little way or buy your generator. Even if you have generator now, no gas. Yeah, Gasoline is a big, it. the fuel is a big issue. So the matters increases when it comes to power in Haiti. So everybody have to try to get your own um, solar panel, solar panels. If you don't get that, and solar panels are good basically to power like a maybe a box fan and some yeah. lights. Charge up your phone. Charge up your phone, <laughs> but no AC, no. And which no. is, and we, you know, people. I've joked about it, but it's 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 not pleasant in as far as temperature goes in Haiti. No. You know, it's hot, and so that's an interesting. I, I didn't realize that it was a down down. I mean, I, mm-hmm. it was you know one of the most soul crushing experiences when you'd, uh, you. I remember the Loving Light Hotel, named yes. with no sense of irony. Um, about whatever ten or whatever whatever time the you know the electricity would. Turn off in the morning, yeah. and that which meant the the ceiling fan would go right. off. What? Yeah, and it just you would just literally sit there, and I would just soak in my own sweat, you know. And so when Bernard at our new hotel got AC, and you know, and he would uh, he would very generously, I say that jokingly, leave the generator on for us at night. Yes. Like that was nice, but that's all. If you're a hotel proprietor like Bernard, nobody's coming anymore. Like, how do you stay in business? Right now, he wants to leave Haiti. But he said he he doesn't he doesn't have the heart again to come and come to work in the US nine to five to clock in nine to five. So he doesn't know what to do because he's frustrated. (laughs) Yeah. He doesn't want to work but he doesn't want to die. Yeah, yeah. he's frustrated. Um so because business not really going good at all. Um, he, he, I mean, scarcely get even, he was depending on the NGOs, you know, agencies that would come to Jack Mel to do different things to help. And then they will have maybe six, seven, eight rooms taken because they bring their people. So now even the NGOs are not really that much moving around anymore in Haiti. So because of course, you know, transportation is a big issue because of all the, the, the woods that are split up and all whatever, gun, gunmen on the road and things like that. So the NGOs are very scarcely moving now. Um, and so, so he la, the last time I was in Haiti, you know, we're talking. He said he get very frustrated. He doesn't business not doing well, and then you have to burn gas. I mean fuel for all those nights. I mean all those long hours to try to keep uh, the place going. And he says some of the even basic supermarkets in the Jackman they closing down because it's just getting difficult, yeah. difficult. Yeah, because everything bottlenecks in Haiti into Port-au-Prince. Yeah. Like if you're listening right now you, to try to get a, if you don't have a picture of Haiti in front of you, put your hand up in front of you, like with your hand, like, uh, like you're saying, talk to the hand and hold your thumb down. That's kind of Haiti. The thumb is the peninsula. Yes. The bottom knuckle is where Jacques Mel is, which is yes. where we work. Yes. And in the webbing of your thumb is Port-au-Prince. Yeah. And so in this country of say, what, 8 million? Uh, no, no. It's about 11, 12 million. 11, 12 million. Um, Everything goes into Port-au-Prince, period. Yeah. It's the only port. So whether it's gas or bananas or rice or diapers, name it. <laughs> all goes into there and then is dispersed to the rest of the country from there. Yeah. And so th- what's happening is that m- there are multiple g- gangs. Uh, m- m- basically, it's like a Haitian mafia gangs. It's, it's yeah. a cross between a, a drug cartel and the mob. Um, 
and they've set up territories. Yes. And you pay for protection. Yeah. And then you pay ta- right of passage. Right of passage. <laughs> so if you're going to get on a road to get to Jacques Mel, there's uh, there's a, a path that you could go. We couldn't go there, and even Lafleur can't. I'll have wow. you explain in a minute what yeah. that looks like. But so there are certain areas where you're guaranteed you're going to. There's a chance of high chance of kidnapping. There's there's only one or two paths where you're not going to maybe get kidnapped, but you're definitely going to be paying. Yeah. And if they decide they want your shipment, your goods, they just take your goods. Yeah. So we were just talking. One of your yeah. one of your staff there. He has a yeah. side business in a store. And he was having a shipment of goods yeah. brought to his store in Jacques Mellon. And what happened? Yeah, that was last year, December. About um, he had um, goods for 20, about eight thousand US dollars, um, and a whole truck. And then they while they while they were passing through Matisson, and they called the driver. They pushed the 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 thing in their big yard. Wherever these these are not their own yard, you know. These are people they, they get rid of. They take their yard and they make their own big. Um, They're just basically taking over homes. Taking over and, homes. Yeah. yeah. So they push the, the the truck there and they say, look, we're not gonna kill you, but we're gonna empty the truck completely. So they take all the goods and um and then send the truck guy. That's it. They say that's it. You just go your way now. So and that has been the situation for many 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 people um who have been victims of that. Um and those guys they occupy the the, the roads in like in three different points, three different points. So once you pass in there, you must put you have your money ready. You have to pay in all of these points. So if you don't, because um, if they do not pay there, they will definitely stop you. And sometimes you are at the mercy of how they're feeling on that week or on that yeah. day. So if they don't feel good, they just tell you, okay, go up there. So and then by the time that you go up there, that means they're going to either kill you, either kidnap you, or either take all your goods and stuff like that. And they're making millions of dollars, um, I mean, we can say, on these roads. And they're not even good roads, but I mean, you have oh, yeah, to. These are not, they barely yeah, could call them roads. You have to. And by the way, I tried once. Um, last year, was it early this year? Uh, early this year, I decided to pass through. I wanted to to do something, something crazy. I didn't tell anybody, even my family in Jackmel. When I get to Jackmel, I tell them that. So actually, I passed through that road. In Madison. In Madison. Oh, but gosh. I did it on a motorbike. Okay. So because the guy he is living in Kaufu, so he told me motorbike taxi a little bit. Motorbike is a bit different. Um, so I said I want, I want to, to see that. So I decided I've got. My family lives in Kaufu. So I said I was going to spend two days in my, with my family in Kaufu to check on them. So I said, let me take a chance and go through that road. So it was an experience. It's like I'm in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a big movie. So you see these guys occupy the street sides on both left and right. And then you passing is like it's like all these sometimes you don't see them, but when you peep, you see gun man, you know, big yeah. guns. You just see the guns. And these guys have the hoodies on their head and things like that. So the guy had to put his money. He took, uh, at first he put some, like, let's say $20, an example, in some of these fingers there. He lined them up. So that's for each section. So as he reaching, let's say, this place and the guy slow down a little bit, one guy didn't even talk to him. Just come through his hand and pull takes, the bar. Just, the 20. just pull the 20. And he get to the other point. One guy just come. I mean, and all of them have the big guns, you know. Yeah. And they just come, they pull the money. So I was like, what? <laughs> so, wow. So I, so I reached to Kafu and I'm like, oh my God, we made it. But look how this thing is. Yeah. So, and the big bosses, that's the way it is. So you don't even talk. They don't talk much to you. They, you know the rule. So as you reach there, you just slow down, just slide it. Just give them the money. And then 
they so, the problem also sometimes they get mad because some drivers arguing and say, okay, we just this our first trip, we're not giving this, we're not giving that, and then they say, okay, you know what? Then we're not gonna waste time with you. So once you pass, just give us the money, or else we will do X Y Z. So that has been the situation. Yeah. Um, it was an experience for me. Then well, I said no more. Yeah. Now I said no more for me because I see what it's like. I say I don't want to do, yeah. try that anymore. And, and you're a target for kidnapping. Like, oh let's, yes, let's, to be quite honest, like the candidate they, because so, I have connections outside. hundred percent. And and you right now the the kidnapping a lot of it are done through what they call antennas. So because they know somebody might stop a bus and they just come for X Y Z person directly mm-hmm. because they feel this person has some connections. They know people if they kidnap you they ask for forty fifty thousand US. So you might have people who rally around to pay that money. So that's the reason why people like me, people don't right now don't know when I'm traveling to Haiti, they don't know. So if I'm gonna be in Haiti, let's say an example on the on the on the twelfth, I might tell people I'm gonna be in Jackman around the 14th, the 15th, the 16th, because you don't know when mm-hmm. I land. So because so nobody can call and say pasta is on the ground, you know, and then they could have keep checking buses, keep whatever. No, no, yeah. no, no. So you have to be very smart now how you do things. You can still move around, but you gotta do it very in a very smart and wise way, or else you're the next target yeah yeah because we we in america uh, in fact this week a, a, a nurse and her yeah and her, and child, her child. Uh, i think there's six days now since they were kidnapped and yes. they're still in, in american captivity. american but yeah. they but the there is there are very few which is why the u.s actually they've evacuated all non-essential yes. embassy and basically have it went from like a level f- whatever five uh, from st- level three to four four yeah basically do not travel here because you're yeah. but the um but the fact is that is while there have been s- some u.s citizens kidnapped the vast majority are haitians yeah doctors lawyers mm-hmm. um people who would you just said have connections influential people yeah yeah because because i mean look like if you know they kidnap you you know, we don't want you to be harmed. So you know, they, that, that's what they're, they're, they go to U.S. sites yeah. for it. And, and, you know, they, they start at some crazy number like 2 million. And let's say yes. they settle for 10,000 or 200,000, mm-hmm. whatever. It's still yes. just an enormous amount, amount of money, money. Yeah. which is now causing a, a problem within a problem, which is the brain drain of Haiti people. Yes. Bernard, good example. Yeah. Guy uh, is a business owner. He has dumped yeah. his entire life savings into building a, a hotel. You know, the U.S., we were sending down, we were sending down five oh, to ten teams yes, a year. A Restore year. Haiti, ten, twelve teams a yes, year. Yes, a year. Which, you know, people, you know, the, the little Twitter warriors or whatever talk about short-term trips and whatever, they make fun of them. But the fact of the matter is they boost local economies. Indeed. And yeah. that has been completely sucked out of there. And so guys like Bernard, guys like you, who have the ability to provide jobs and careers yes. and are leaving the country understandably so, which is spiraling a poverty cycle that it's going to take decades to, to recover. recover. To recover. It's going to be very long um, because that's exactly what is happening. A lot of teachers, like right now, the police force, mm-hmm. many of them are living through the humanitarian uh, parole uh, opportunity that Biden has given. Yeah. So the police force, a lot of these guys, like the guys who run in Jackman, they, what they call the Yud Mo, yeah. they, they, they carry the, the kind of... Um, uniform for to establish law and order in the city. Let's say there's a riot. So in that troop, about 90% of them in Jackman already migrated. 
Um, where are so, they migrating to? To to the US, the US. To the US, because there's a humanitarian parole access that open up to US uh, for, from the US for Haitians and Cubans and Venezuelan. Uh, but Cuban always had access. Venezuelan always had access. But now yeah. they open extended to Haiti. Yeah. Um, so now they are maximizing it. So a lot of these those guys who have US family members and friends, so they are applying for them as human search. So it's the brain drain. So a lot of this great mind of Haiti, Canada has been taking a lot of them too. Yep. So different groups are I mean, opening their borders to receive. So many of these people, because they're so desperate for, for, for something for their family, so they decided to leave Haiti. And, um, and we don't know how many years that's going to take for them to actually have people who will be able to stay there and grow their, 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 their economy or grow their, their educational system, whatever. So yeah. it's big, big, big issues right now on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, so like when our, our uh, beloved president... Uh, with as much irony as I can muster, talks about issuing access, um, emergency access to yeah. Haitians. Uh, on the surface, that sounds, wow, that is so generous and it is so awesome. And on the other hand, the people that are getting access to that on, in the Haitian side are the people that, what well, you just said, they have, they already have U.S. connections. They have, yeah. I mean, they were, they were creating lines that were days long outside yeah. of, to, just to try to get a Haitian, to get a passport. The passport. So they could apply. It's it's like uh, our version of the lottery here. People going and buying tickets, and um, but they're never, they're they're buying tickets to a lottery they can't win. Yes, and those that can win are those who are higher in power, those who have mm-hmm. a connection, and so and those are historically going to people who are providing jobs or who are providing safety or security or yes stability, and they're leaving. So a good example. I have a question actually. The guys that own the pizza place in Jacques Mel. Do you remember them? Yeah, of course, so, that couple. Yeah, I, they are retired from the U- Asian American retired, and you know they were selling their big house because they said, yeah. look, um, their kids will never come back to Haiti. Yeah. So I saw them uh, last year. So they're still there. And, you know, um, they go in and out. Sometimes the place closed like for three months. Sometimes the place closed yeah. for. So they keep checking the atmosphere. Yeah. So in and out. I think um, last uh, earlier this year the place was closed for like three months. Three months. Yeah. It, it, so it's this pizza place. Did we go there when you were with me? Did we go to a place for pizza? I don't remember that. Okay, I don't remember if we did or not. Uh, the first time I remember we went, this young guy behind the counter, you know, I'm getting ready to try to, you know, draw a mm-hmm. picture of what we wanted or, anyway. And he's like, hey, can I help you guys with a straight up <laughs> like he was from U.S.? Yeah. And he was born and raised in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, which is where no I spent way. my formative yeah. years <laughs> and met my wife, you know, went to Bible college. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? And his... Mom and dad, I think his dad worked for American Airlines. Yes. Retired from American mm-hmm. Airlines, lived in Tulsa. They adopted this kid in Tulsa and move him to Haiti. The exact opposite of yes. what normally happens, which is they go to Haiti to adopt and bring yeah. him back to America. But but that's a good example of this family. And, and it, they had a, be- I mean, bro, beautiful house on the beach. Yeah. Yeah. Like it looked like a Miami Vice. Yes. <laughs> they could have shot like an episode there where a drug cartel lived. Like it was just beautiful. Lovely. But it was like a half of a million dollars or yeah. something like that, which in America, I mean, you know, in Spring Hill, you can't, you know, whatever. But they, you know, if you've retired from American Airlines, they're going to have a pension of probably three or 4000 a month and whatever he saved. And yeah. so they go down, they open a business in, mm-hmm. uh, in Jacques Mel. Uh, where a lot of people like expats or missionaries would go yeah. because, man, we love it because it's actually, it tastes like pizza you have gotten in the U.S. Yeah. And now, uh, here they are, this big house, it's empty, their kids can't come, won't come, they can't open their business, 
you know, how long are they going to stay? You know, they're not probably not going to be able, I, mean, I can't imagine anybody, but no. a cartel would buy their house, but who's going to buy a half a million dollar house? Nobody's going to buy it. Yeah. You're, you know, you're buying a paradise, uh, on the deck of the Titanic. It doesn't really much matter, you know, if you're, if you're in a ship that's sinking, but, uh, but you know, that's a great example of just one of hundreds. You know, thousands. Bernard, he's in a similar situation. Yeah. He has a beautiful home in La Plaine. Laplaine, that's what they call in Quadebuque side, close yeah. to that side there, yeah. a place called Santo. He has a beautiful home. They had given him, a, a f- before Martelly government, they, somebody gave him $700,000 for it. He did that. Yeah. Oh, wow. He did not give it. So uh, he said right now, even if he get 400000 he will take he it. He take whatever? Yeah, because the, then leave to start uh, life all over again. So, I mean, in the U.S., some because he's a U.S. citizen. Kind of, so he said because yeah. it's just that difficult. But what was good for him, he said he didn't sell it back then because when Martelly came into power, so they he rented the, gov- the Martelly government, that particular house, so to run some offices and whatever. Um, and that was good for him at first until then the, the, he felt some of those fellows wanted to steal the house. So they were trying to kind of wow. make something on the cover to steal the house because using the power, then he had to let his lawyer intervene and trying to put things in place and he get them out of his house. Wow. So he said, and since then he rented it to a family for a very, very cheap, cheap, kind of so that you want somebody to occupy the building. Yeah, just keep the yeah. rats out, yeah. Yeah, and so, and he was telling me last, um, a few months ago that um, this house, he put it back in for sale because th- those people, they migrating to the U.S., those had he had rented yeah. to because they um, they don't want to stay anymore in Haiti. So he said, man, things are going crazy for me everywhere I turn yeah. because the country's going bad. This is right down the road from where Hands and Feet Project is. Like, it's on the same road. Yeah. Out in the coast. Um, for the fans of Christian music, I'm, I'm literally leaning my elbow on a, a gold record by Audio Adrenaline. But anyway, they, um, Mark uh, and Will started, uh, or they, it's not an or it's a home for children. Yes, the home. They called it the Hands and Feet Project, which I, I always respected about them because uh, touring artists will oftentimes partner with something like Compassion or World Vision. And, and there's actually, it's a revenue source. And I literally have no problem with that at all. I totally understand it. But they, at that moment, instead of choosing uh, to go with something that could have generated a lot of revenues for them, they actually went and started something. Mark was a missionary kid, whatever. And so they started something on their own and used their platform to to finance really? this and, and and did good things and continue to do good things. But they're also in a, pl- a position. I, I mean, Mark... Um, I don't know if you know this. You know that Mark was in a yes, head-on accident in, in, collision? in Uganda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was following him. Yeah. <sighs> Buddy, yeah. He's, uh, I was texting with him this morning. He's, um, I think he's coming home this week. That could have okay. been way worse. Um, but I know that they're, I mean, they're brokenhearted. They, you know, all their U.S., I think all their U.S. staff has been evacuated. Um, but they're still functioning. And let's, let's, let's flip this, the positive side. On the ground in Jacques Mel, one of the, gosh, grateful things, the, the, you know, I think it was for you and me, the earthquake helped us to to change the way we were thinking. Because when the earthquake happened, uh, our, I, I loved what the people, our friends did, which is they all came together on the church property. Yes. They shared their food. They were, they, mm-hmm. but, but the thing they did that, that with the leadership lesson for me was, and then they sat and waited yes. for someone to come and help them. Um, and instead of going to the airport, instead of, so we yeah. began to immediately, the, you, I saw you do it, like the leadership, here, think to be a leader, think to, you know. Uh, and so, so that was, you know, 
10 years ago. And so now they're oh gosh, 13, 13 years ago. Goodness, <laughs> we're getting old. Um, but now what we, we've got there is you've got, you know, Fedini, you know, Jean-Marie. Jean you've got John, leaders yes, that are yes. doing, with, with without us there, they are there. Mm -hmm. um, but what is, wow, what's the question even? What is the biggest obstacle that we could actually do something about to help bring some sort of an oasis in the middle of a storm. I, so it's above my pay grade. I, I, I don't know how to, I don't have the phone number to the Wagner group. Uh, Biden doesn't return my calls. You don't call, you don't write. But on the ground, what's the things that we can, one or two, I don't know, things that we can be doing here in America to help you accomplish what needs to continue? Because Jesus is not taking a time out until they get it fixed. I um, thank you for bringing that from from the earthquake back to 2010. We have been on a great journey. The journey has been to empower locals. And that's what we are saying, to take matters in their own hands, to help their own mm -hmm. people. Um, because it's always good when you are an outsider and you come and you do something, then you, you leave and it destroys behind you. Nobody's taking care of it. Nobody's maintaining it. But it's a different story when it's a local you empower mm -hmm. to operate. You, you empower them to to do things. So therefore, they take ownership uh, in, in terms of, you know, being responsible for it. So they will be able to maintain this place. They will be able to do different things. And this is our thing. We, it, allows, it has always been empowerment. And we also say empowerment through education. So that's why we always send, we'll send kids to school whether we say from preschool to university, people say, when we have all these bright people, what are you going to do with them? I say, well, look what's happening in Haiti now. People having brain drain. So therefore, the next generation must be getting ready to take over, to start taking position. And that's why we keep on saying one of these good days, we could have a president coming from our base or coming from our own community, from our city, because we believe those young people that are being equipped they will be well positioned to run the affairs of the nation a few years down the road. Some are going to be running for politics. Some are going to be running for, for the school districts. Some are going to be running for different offices to be running things. So I think um, that has always been what we will tell people. Continue to empower us to empower our people. Um, what are we in empowerment? Some you're gonna have to feed some of them until they can be feed themselves. You're gonna have to educate some of them until they can use their education to help themselves and their families mm -hmm. and others. So that means some of them you're gonna have to help to have a place to live so that they can, because some people you have to move them from Port-au-Prince to wherever, so they won't have a place to stay. Someone don't have a place to stay. And so, so different ways of empowerment. But at the end of the day, the, 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 the last thing up on our head is that while we empower you is so that tomorrow you can be in a position to help yourself and your family and others. And that's why you have so many of these youngsters we have on the ground that are now taking leadership. Um, some of them highly educated. Um, and so, so they are um, willing to help us to plant churches. They are willing to help us to establish schools, other places. And so where education is a challenge, um, because as I said to you, you know, you have to pay to get your way into school. So different things like that. So at the end of it, what I would always say is to empower some good Haitian nationals to help to empower other Haitian nationals who in turn would be positioned for change yeah. in Haiti. So that's what we are saying. That's what we are. Um, for example, 
with you guys here who have been partners for like, like Conduit, Conduit Mission with Restore Haiti, who are helping us to send kids to school. Imagine we are in a community where grade six used to be the top education. Yep. Grade six. Yeah. Imagine that, grade six. Not only that, if you happen to be lucky and bad enough to go further, so you reach to grade 12 or grade 13, that's it for you. You can never go beyond. That means university was unheard of for our people in that community. Yep. But now we have kids that have finished school completely who are into university. So this year, for example, we have over about 60 to about, I would say 60 to up to 75 kids that are finished high school, doing a skill or doing university courses, classes. Which is a remarkable number, 60 to 65 that are in university. Yes. Because, you know, we might think, oh, that's not that many. The, the that's enormous. After 13 years, yeah. the ministry is 20 years in that community, but after 13 years of embracing that education to that f to that next level. So seven years before we tried hard, it was, but after we got the major financial support to make it happen after 2010. Yeah. So now we can say this is what it is. The re end result, we have so many of these youngsters who are bright, bright, Educated, highly educated, yes. who are now some of them are schoolmasters, some of them are um, the deputy schoolmasters, some of them are you know different skills they have. Yeah. So it's a blessing for places where you grade six was the was a good thing for you. If you finish grade six, that was good for you. Yeah. But no, so that order is being changed because of those empowerment that we're mentioning there. Yeah. So now the next step we're also looking at is sustainability. And this is why we say we educate them. They can create their own niche. They can, you know, be able to sustain themselves as they go. So no longer can I stretch my hands just to receive from you, but I can create something and I can sell you something or I can sell somewhere else something. Mm -hmm. So they, in the, 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 they will feel now they're in a better position. So um, let's say, for example, you know, if Jamal used to come, um, we pay his school fees and we help him to have a education mm -hmm. in different fields now in a sense now he working for the for, for the ministry that he can make his own money has his own check given to him that mm -hmm. he can in turn take off his family and even help some of his own other fa extended families who need support so that's what we are talking about yeah so this the the, 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 the order has changed now so it's empower us to empower as many as we can on the ground for many of our listeners this might be brand new information concerning Haiti in general would you describe maybe the Restoration Ministries HQ? Like there's a school, there's a church, there's a feeding clinic. program. Clinic. <laughs> clinic, yeah. Would you explain some of that? That's a good point because we've been doing this so long, we just assume everybody knows what we're talking about. Yeah. It, it, th thank you. Thank you, Mo. It's, 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 it's a very simple approach. We first began with the church. We said Jesus is about transformation and change. So as we began with the church, we decided, you know what? People must be educated. Then we begin to send kids to school. Then we discover also, even the schools that we are sending the kids, there are different views, there are different you know, philosophies. Then we say, you know what, why don't we create our own school, even though we are still gonna partner with schools in our city, but we need to also raise a different group of children that will be different because our motto has been, you know, equipping these kids, empower them enough with the values of Christ that they can make an impact wherever they are by being good kingdom citizens. 
So those children now, we begin to establish our own school. So we have restoration school now. So we're not being a cult, no. We say it's because we feel the Christian values, you have to maintain them all the way right through. So we activate those values in you to activate you to be able to make an impact wherever you are. So we began a school about uh, 13 years ago too. So we started our own school. So now we began with kids where they were about 20, 20, 25 kids, two year old. So now our school make it to grade 11, grade 11. So we have now up to grade 11. So the kids are growing. So we're sending them to official examination. We're making wonders. So things are happening. So we move from those 25 kids now to have now over 400 children in our school. So and wow. those kids are making it big. I mean, they're moving big in terms of performance, results, and stuff like that. So then the other schools that we were partnering, we still partner with them. So in total, we have about 1,500 children that we, are, we have been able to send to school from preschool to university. That's what we call transformation is taking place. We continue to keep Christ as the head of transformation. He's a transformer. We can help you to be transformed and transform others. So we have that. Then, but while we were sending them to school, we discovered education and nutrition go together. Because some of them will go home, there was no food on the table. So some of them will go through the school day, they had nothing to eat. So we say, okay, let's feed them. Then a feeding program started. So we continue to feed. Now we end up having three different centers feeding kids, Restoration School feeding kids, Restoration Church feeding kids. Then we partner with another school called Bountonair, another different community feeding kids. Then we also partner with another school in Carrefour through the whole Restoration Conduit Mission Connection. So all these centers, now we end up having four centers feeding kids. So they're not only being educated, they're also being fed they are taken care of to be ready to, for whatever next move is. And on top of that now, from one church, we begin to plant other churches. Yeah. So the whole cycle continues. So last year, 2021, the earthquake happened in Lekai. Then we ended up connecting in Lekai. So now we have a school in Lekai, church connection with a school also. We started feeding them to in Lekai, in Salut. So the, the whole thing continues. So what we are saying is that, so when Jesus steps in, he brings the entire package of change. And this is what we have done. And what we continue to multiply it. We say, even though we go places, some people don't want to go. But we will go. We're risking ourselves to go. Because we know that Jesus, if he was walking the earth, he would have still make a plan to reach out to these people wherever they are. Yeah. And that's what we are doing. And it is changing them to change life around them, to change people around them, to change even the political system we believe. If a young man or a young woman who know the Lord get into power with the right connections, the right allies, the right allies, we believe they can make a big change in the life of Haiti. Yeah. And so let's make this extraordinarily practical. The, the school, which is Restoration Christian Academy. Yes. One of my favorite things is uh, when I'm down there is when it's like report card time. Yes. <laughs> and, I, I, and what's hilarious is the kids that have done really good, they're so excited to see you. Mm-hmm. And the kids that are maybe struggling a little bit, they try to avoid you because they don't want to, they know that LaFleur's got some questions about, you know, you, you're not working hard enough, you know, high standards of education. Um, and you guys do such a great job of celebrating. Yeah. What is celebrated is emulated. And so these kids see each other being celebrated and they work hard. And But we have, uh, we launched this at some point because we were, from our side, we're saying, okay, the schools are there. We've, we've uh, funded the construction and, mm-hmm. um, 
somewhere, I, Mo might have a better grasp on this, but let's say since 2015 or 16, we've probably invested somewhere of around a half of a million dollars um, just since 2015 as a church family. Yes. And I say invested. We did not give it. We invested it because the fruit, the return on investment language uh, is, is uh, it's, it's intangible. You can't put it on a spreadsheet, but in the kingdom of God, you can see it in the lives of mm-hmm. the young men and women there. Rose, the principal yes. of the school, you know. Um, but we decided at some point to, okay, how could, a, practically speaking, how could people who hear a story like this and the angst of it all, and, and what happens is you end up getting, like, it's overwhelming. I don't know what to do, so I, I just stop listening. But we actually have something that you can do, and that's sponsor a classroom. And we've actually broken it down into $25 a month. So it's a, it's a sponsor uh, a teacher classroom. It's 125 a month. But if you can't afford 125, which look, not everybody can, right? Um, you could do it in 25. You can do 50. You can do 75. You can do whatever. Yeah. Twenty percent uh, of a classroom, 40 percent, whatever. Uh, but that is an ongoing way to support because the, the, here's what education does. It doesn't only set them up for the future. It actually keeps them safe today. Yes. yes. Indeed. Um, because we know that by our own country. But if a kid's not in school. Not only are they more apt to end up in a gang, to end up being recruited in or, you know, kidnapped in, mm-hmm. they're more apt to become pregnant as a teenager. They're yes. more apt to be sexually assaulted as a young girl because they're, 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 if they have parents around, those parents are out there during the day scraping together a dollar to try to get bread for dinner. So you've got four, five, six-year-old children by themselves all day with no food, no, but, mm-hmm. but in a school, now they've got a structure. Yes. Not only are they getting an education in their head, they're getting food in their belly. Mm-hmm. So they're getting nutrition and they're being protected from, uh, evil actors because they're inside of a school where there is safety with it. There's a Ted talk a long time ago. Uh, and I've, I've never forgotten that. I can't remember the name guy's name, but he was talking about the number one problem in world poverty solving is actually security. Yes. And I can't believe that that talk is not all over every buddy's home pages because safety, getting them to school safely, keeping them in school mm-hmm. for safety, getting them home safely. It's what's happened in Uganda. 30% of those kids disappeared when our Western, I'm going to use bad language, leaders uh, decided that the whole world should shut their schools down mm-hmm. so we could save us from a virus and instead get killed and raped. Um, you know, it, my, it just makes me angry because these guys that talk about white privilege made the most white privilege decision in the history of the world to shut down schools around the world. But anyway, you can sponsor a classroom today at conduitmission.org. Yes. And a hundred percent of that, all we, we are just, a, we are a conduit. I mean, we, that's what it was in 2000, whatever is four, three, whatever. we're just a pipe. So if, if you need, if you feel, man, God is moving on my heart, I want to stick it to the, uh, to the enemy for the cost of what three lattes at Starbucks they used to say, for a, cost of, a cup of coffee a day. I'm like, well, that was before Starbucks, so that doesn't work anymore. Um, but for 25, literally 25 a month, but 125 a month, uh, I don't care if you cross that out of your tithe. I don't, who cares? Like, I'm sure Jesus doesn't care. Um, that is one way to 100% establish. And we do that every month. Amy's sitting down the hallway. It's August 2nd. So about within the next day yep. or two, she's going to send the email. Yep. Here's the monthly wire and the breakdown. Of, yes. And thank God we got Amy and Mo around here for that kind of crap because God knows it'd be a mess if I were handling it. Um, 
I can, I'm a good job of making it rain, but I'm a terrible guy at trying to figure out where the rain goes. So these guys make sure the rain goes where, where we say it's going to go. And that is uh, the most practical application of it right now. And yes. that's Restoration Christian Academy is the one you talk. That's where there's 400 students. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we have 425 kids 425. There. And you're, uh, are you feeding most of these children? We say most. We're feeding all, all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. It's all every single day, Monday to Friday. Yeah. So, what challenges have then come up over the past year when you're trying to get resources from Port-au-Prince into Jacques Mel? Are you stocking up in advance? Are you trying? I mean, how is how is the logistics working? Okay. And what funds do we need to bolster funds to help get more food? There? The, the, this is the challenge that we have had in terms of we had a point where we couldn't get food. <clears throat> Um, and because you, you were taking the risk of losing it, you invest the money to try to buy the food, then they're taken on the road. So you could not get them to your base. So then we discover, let's do a relay system. So it costs us more money. So we leave Jack Mel, we're sending people to go and shop for us in Carrefour. Carrefour, that's a different community out of Port-au-Prince. I mean, somewhere in the suburb in Port-au-Prince. That's the, the, the suburb where I was raised. Um, and so, so we will send people to shop for us in this area. It's being more costly, <clears throat> but you are safe that you're going to bring the, um, the food. You're going to reach to point A and B, wherever you're going with it. So that's the challenge we have had over the years. So for the, for the last two years, we can say to trying to get goods over the mountain um, and so to us where we are. Um, and then when we do that also, because you cannot buy and stock as much because sometimes they will get spoiled. It depends. Let's say rice have a certain time. It can just come like powder. So yeah, and that's not like to, the, because there's no air conditioning or, yes. or refrigeration or electricity. No. So you have to do that. We do that um, twice a month and so to trying to buy. So we don't tell you guys that um but it's 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 money is actually is double up some of the goods and well inflation in haiti right now is about 45 plus 42 percent or more that's what the economics are saying across the board across the board yeah so it's become a challenge to do that but nevertheless i think as we thank god also because what we used to feel as a ministry a little bit um awkward in our heart when we know we're feeding those children but there are other people who are not Part of the feeding program, we don't have access to have to the school. Um, another brother or another sister who not in school or who not whatever. And some kids actually save up little food. You could see that to bring to their at home for others. Then now we reach out to Conrad um, about it also in terms of feeding the wider group of people who are not in the school, who are not in the church, who may be in the community, or it will be the church but don't have access to food. So graciously, um, for this year, there has been a great effort from Conrad so to feed as many people so we can say um, a good 1,500, 12 to 1,500 extra are being fed from the church and the community at large, communities at large, where we target six different communities that have been, yeah. so which is, um, we, ha- we have Lekai, Postalu, we have um, um, Chot, we have Monoge, we have um, Demontreuil, we have uh, um, um, Chabin as one of them, we have also Lafon, six different communities. So this extra has, has been very good to help us because we discover some of the kids who come to the school. What about the others who don't have access into school, who are just, you know, maybe out of school or whatever and don't have access for food? Because it's a, this crisis going on right now, a lot of it, people have nothing to eat with this crisis that's going on. So, and, and if you do, 
you for those of you who are customers of having maybe one meal a day, sometimes you might it might be one meal two every two day. It might be just that hard. Yeah. Or you know, it's just crazy what's happening. What's happening now? Because you know, in Haiti, there's no national production because they destroy the national production so that they could always buy outside. So those guys who win con contribute, they feel it's easier for them to buy from outside who they contribute, make more profit than in raising the, nation, the national uh, production. So that's what has been happening um, as a big challenge, but we, we always say we're not trying to, to touch the, the entire 12 million, but if we can t touch 100, we can touch 1,000, we can whatever in terms, they too will be able to touch somebody else, so that's what we are trying to do. Just, I always use myself as an example. Somebody helped me to go to English school. Somebody helped me to have my education and then study English. And somebody helped me to go to Bible school. So those different steps, people help me. So now in terms now, me being empowered, I, I return and I try to now create an environment to empower as many. So that's the cycle that we're trying to continue to keep going, multiply and multiply, multiply. But we, we want people to keep us in prayer and support. So the system of sponsoring a classroom, our aim is to multiply that into many. So now we have school in Jackmel. We want to go and do the same thing in Port Salut. We want to do the same thing in Lekai, where also through conduit support, we bought a land in Lekai. Mm -hmm. So that land is ready for us to establish the uh, same thing, a church, a school, a feeding program, a clinic. We also, because medically, some people can die just for uh, a normal blood pressure uh, medication. Yeah. Some people can die. Yeah, and people, I mean, <laughs> this is a shocking thing for most people in the world to say that the, the, the number one killer of children, especially internationally, is diarrhea. Like, D dysentery. Yeah. We can literally go to, you know, CAVS this afternoon and get an emodium and be done with it, you know, for the price of, you know, five bucks and it'll kill, it can kill children. Um, malaria, mosquitoes. I, I saw Mike Rowe post not long ago about, you know, uh, shark week and how dangerous sharks are. And he's like, yeah, and they kill like eight people a year. Mosquitoes yeah. are by far the most dangerous animal on the planet. They kill millions of children a year. Um, let me put it this way. Um, when we do so the same way, like we, you know, you guys don't because there's just so much going on. You don't want to like overburden or whatever. We don't we, same way with our people. So we haven't like tried to like lay that out and hey, let's uh, here's one more thing. So we've just been sending uh, an addition, probably about six thousand dollars a month, just from general yes. funds here, uh, which is feeding twelve to fifteen hundred people a, a, a month monthly. You know, somewhere in that math is it's 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 somewhere around fifty cents or something like that per. It's like, let's say you're going to give a hundred dollars, you know, that, that's like 50 meals, give or take, you know? But, yes. So it, when people, if you donate to the general mission fund, that's where those funds come from. When you say, Hey, just wherever it need, wherever you need it to go the most, like uh, someone, you know, should me that they're going to send five grand in for, you know, that's the kind of stuff we're doing with the general funds. But if you want to specifically help in Haiti, uh, on our drop-down menu, conduitchurch.com or conduitmission.org, there's just Haiti transformation. Those funds will go towards that. And, uh, you know, it's like we, we're, uh, in fact, we've got meetings coming this week where we're going to try to figure out, okay, this next year, what's the priority? Yeah. What are we going to do? In, in my heart, what I really want to see is some, like, the, the visible progress for them to see. Yes. Because the last few months, it's almost like Haiti's a giant refugee Stand camp. Still. Yeah. yeah, it's a refugee camp, you know, with a port. Yes. <laughs> um, because everybody's kind of trapped. 
but to be able to see some visible, so, um, well, actually, so there's some, are there some modifications happening at Restoration Academy right now? I know we just yes. sent some, or about um, sent some money for that. So, um, we, where we began, as we say, every year we add one grade, we got yeah. one classroom, we, so whatever. And by the way, on a good report, last year, national examination, Restoration Academy was the number one school in Jackmel in the results of national examination. Wow. It's a town of 100,000 people. So. Or more. Yes. And now what happened, um, oh, we get 100% success. That's not all. But in the individual subjects, we get more 100% than any other school in the city, of in the, in the whole wow. Jackmel area, in the whole surface department. Yeah. So we were just the talk of the town. <laughs> so and That's then, and then not only that, even though we were struggled in the math results, we were not happy with the math results. Um, and so, but the top math student in the entire surface department come from Restoration Academy. And he scored 285 out of 300. 285 out of 300. So he was the top math student. So we, we felt so good about what is happening. So as we expanding the, the school, um, because what we're hoping to do, where we are now in the least facility, we're hoping to to reach up to the 12th, 13th grade without the order of the government. And then after that, we're going to concentrate our effort now with the new building that we hope to do, which will be, in a sense, um, morning, it's it's normal school, but in the evening, going to be like university courses offered. So that's what we are in the long-term plan. But for now, we are step-by-step step building the where we are now, which is the least facility. So we're increasing the class classrooms um, and so and we expanding in terms of the number of kids that we we receive into so because every time they do grade six exam then we have grade seven which is that's the time we say we're secondary school level so we don't really have only kids coming um, to us from our classroom that were from our grade six but now we open it we see other kids from the community from other schools who did finish grade six they can come to us as i told you earlier we're trying to stop this whole concept of after grade six you don't have to have an education anymore we say no 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 we are there so if you finish grade six somewhere else your parents cannot afford it or whatever come to us we will take you into a social academy for grade seven yeah. so and you keep going there like that so that's what is happening all the way to grade 13. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, the, uh, there's three ways before Mo wraps this up that you can help if the, if the Lord is prompting on your heart. One, obviously, giving. Um, second, prayer. You know, these are not in order of importance, by the way. Uh, and then third, you got a social media platform? Use it. Yes. Uh, we can't trust that our good friends at uh, the, <laughs> the legacy media are going to tell it. So if we all are telling our friends, and, and, and can I give you some, some heads up on that? Don't just put the bad news out there. Put the hope in your posts. You know, there's practical things like don't, you know, don't, don't put a link up. So some of the older listeners, whatever you put your link in the comments because uh, the social media platforms will, will bury your posts. You know, avoid words that get buried, you know, in the, but just tell the story of what's happening. But we also tell the story of hope with it and how they can help as well. So even if you don't have $25 a month. You know, tell your friends about it. You know, throw some, th use your platform. There, 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 is, uh, there is a reason why the, the social media companies sell advertising because they're selling your influence or their influence over you. You can use your influence over, you know, prayer, you know, donate and, and tell the story, you know, of what's happening with our friends, especially if you've got, especially if you've got a personal connection to Haiti and you maybe have... Uh, it's been a while since you've talked about it. T tell your friends about it.
LaFleur, thank you for joining us. Thank you for spending time with us here in Nashville. It was good to see you Sunday. It's good to have you back. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here with my family and friends. If you want to know more, if you want to learn more past this podcast, go to conduitmission.org. You can read about the different programs and the different things that Darren referenced. Conduitchurch.com as well to get maybe a bit more of a backstory of, of what we're doing. And... um you can also search search the podcast for Haiti. Um, we've had LaFleur on in the past. He was here maybe a year and a half ago um, and shared a little bit as well if you want to do a deep dive. You know what? It was a year ago. A year it was ago. August. Okay. Yeah. 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 So last year we, we had him as well. Yeah. And so if you want to do a deep dive and listen to even another episode, just search Haiti or LaFleur and, and that will pop up as well. We're just glad to be back and we'll be back here next week as we continue on the Deeper Podcast.